This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. It is a great pleasure to be joined in the trenches by the founder of Bastion, Daniel, aka Daniel. <laughs> Thank you. Um, listen, I I hope you don't mind. I'm having a a Jack Daniels because it's evening. Love it. Um, and uh, I, I'm also having a Jack Daniels to celebrate uh, the brilliant work that you and your team have been doing. What is Bastion? Bastion is a um, very simply at a very kind of first approximation is a social network, mm -hmm. but it's much deeper than that. It's actually a protocol. Uh, it's it's a way to say no to the big tech social media, and in fact. Uh, any corporate spawn social media, uh, it's a way to own your social network. I mean, quite literally, when you're on Bastion, let's say you're a blogger, you own all the subscribers because they're on the blockchain, they're yours. Uh, you, There's no uh, corporation behind it. There's no intellectual property. So you could anybody could take, make a copy of it. So it's in a public domain. So it's really the ant antithesis of everything that uh, corporate social media stands for and we know that these corporate social media uh, platforms they start out very very nice i like to use the analogy of gremlins it's a kind of old school who remembers that movie but uh they start out very nice and furry they give you a lot you know, i remember like the movie facebook in early days they, yeah they, you just get you know it's furry and it's nice and then so all of a sudden you know midnight strikes or whatever or drop of water and now they uh they turn like evil Mark like why? they just Mark take why? it back I want to watch like, that again. That, like, uh, you know, you're uh, all of a sudden your subscribers are not, not not only like you have to pay money to reach your subscribers possibly, but now all of a sudden you have to, you know, all of a sudden there's like uh, they tell you what med medicines to take. <laughs> they tell you what to put into your body. They tell you what to think. They tell you what to believe. Uh, they tell you what you cannot believe. And, and if you disobey, you know, so, and so on. So, um, and um, we'll talk about that, but the, the, the corporate social media where traditional social media, it's not that way by accident. People keep thinking that it's, oh, it's Mark Zuckerberg, oh, it's Jack Dorsey, or it's, no, it is not. It's actually fundamentally that way. And with Bastion is fundamentally different. It's not like, oh, let's make a copy of Facebook, but the good guys will run it, you know? That doesn't work. In the corporate world, it doesn't matter if the guys or gals are good. It matters who the owners are, who the board of directors is, who the uh, investors are, and they will control the thing if it gets big enough and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. Right? So we wanted to build something that cannot be bought, that is no intellectual property. Anybody could clone it, fork it, you know, so you could have different versions of it completely legally. Uh, and, uh, you know, basically open source code, no corporate structure and with an internal, uh, kind of, um, financial system, if you will, because it has internal cryptocurrency, it's on blockchain. So it doesn't depend as a, as a blogger. The vision is that you don't depend on PayPal or Patreon. And so Bastion has no corporate entity, no bank account. It also doesn't depend on JP Morgan Chase or PayPal or whatever. It just lives as its own kind of universe. So it is a platform that is open sourced, that is also has its own financial system to incentivize, let's say, bloggers. And our goal is to not to create a competitor to one of these, you know, Facebooks and Twitters and so on, but to actually offer some completely different path to people and say, you know what, how many times you're going to get burned, right? Facebook once upon a time was supposedly for freedom. Twitter, I mean, Jack Dorsey said something like, if there was a free speech wing of, of the free speech party, Twitter would be it, right? That's what he said. So like extremist for freedom, whatever. But you know what? It doesn't matter what Jack thinks or whatever. It, things turn out differently. We want to put together something and we're building it and you're using it and lots of people using it, something that plays by completely different rules. Uh, so for the uninitiated, it's, it's essentially an alternative to Twitter, but it's decentralized and with the, uh, it has a focus on freedom of speech. 
and security. That's right, but it also has a strong video component now that's been developing. And you could also say it's an alternative to YouTube in many ways, especially the next release, there'll be more ways to find content that's interesting mm -hmm. to you. So there's a lot of video, a lot of video being loaded, a lot of, you know, so it's growing in that way too. So it's not quite, it's not, it has a microblogging element, but it's got a video element. It's got also uh, long articles. You can actually do long blogs, almost like Medium. So it's a pretty well-rounded platform uh, that, that can cater to many different needs. I'm also a little bit biased because I jumped onto it last year. I, I can't remember how I came across it, but it was called PocketNet at the time. What happened with the name? Well, uh, I love the name personally, uh, but uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of actually some bigger bloggers told us that, you know what, uh, the name, you know, you should have a, a more catchy name. PocketNet sounds like, like a technology, which it is but it doesn't give um, any understanding of the vision, right? I, I, I disagree. I think PocketNet has, it is a vision that it's an internet in your pocket as opposed to you being in the pocket of the of the internet. But uh, we, we came up with Bastion because in a sense, you know, the things are moving so swiftly. When we started Bastion, we knew that freedom would be curta curtailed. We, we knew that censorship would uh, be ubiquitous, but Things are moving so swiftly. We're like, well, we can see a time where this is going to be the last bastion of the free speech. We hope it doesn't get there. We're here, so it doesn't get there. And you're you're doing things so so we don't get there. But uh, hence the name Bastion, and I, I think it went went over very well. But it's Bastion with a Y, so it's not you know B A S T I O N. Mm -hmm. It's Bastion with a Y. Yeah, one of the things that keeps coming up though is like, okay, but you've got Gab and you've got Getter. And you've got, um, I can't think of the, uh, what, what else? What else is there? But you know what I mean? You've Rumble got Rumble you, is the video platform, I think, yeah. right? But you have that, BitChute, uh, they're, video they're all centralized. Yeah, they're all centralized. So, what is this? What is this definition? Decentralization? What does it mean? Yeah, so it, exactly. Let's get to the point. Exactly what it means is to us, right? If you're a crypto, if you're into crypto, you understand that basically the Bitcoin is the core model that we follow so meaning that there is no corporation the code is open uh the code is in the public domain meaning that it's distributed under a license that can be used by anybody so bastion is using apache license um so decentralized now going into the next steps the technology must be decentralized when it's run on completely equal network of nodes. And I will explain that. So nodes are computers around the world, like Bitcoin, right? Mm. Basically, it's run on computers around the world. And they must be equal in the sense of that the, the, there's no like preferred, for example, well, these, uh, these three nodes control everything. Like there's in cryptocurrency, for example, Ripple, right? Or something like that. Those are crypto systems. They're very powerful, but they have computers that are, let's say, if we use or Orwell's language, more equal than others, right? In here, in, in Bastion or Bitcoin, all computers are equal. So the network runs on computers around the world. So decentralized to us means that it's not corporate, that it's open source, it's in the public domain, and it's run on, on computers around the world. Those are core principles. And I would, you know, basically from there, a few things follow, right? One thing follows is that you don't rely on a human being. Like, I'm not a CEO. I'm not actually even a coder. I'm a math geek. So I designed Bastion. I inspired uh, great programmers to work in it. I think that's my bigger achievement, that I, I was able to inspire these people who otherwise make a lot of money to work on a project that's very uncertain, that doesn't pay a salary. So, uh, but having said all that, right, there's me, you know, I, I designed the thing. They're, they're actually close to 30 developers now. It's developers, designers, testers. It's a big community, uh, but you don't have to rely on that community uh, per se. What I mean by that is, you know, you can always make a human do something. You can always force a human to, you know, let's say Bastion gets big enough and somebody says, Daniel, you have to ban this person. Well, first of all, I don't even have access to the code base. I can't ban anybody. That's to start with. But even if I could, the code is open source, so you will see it. You will see, people will see it in the code. Hey, there's a line that says this person is banned. It's like when when Google 
messes with the search results, people don't see it. They have to guess it by the results. They have to infer it. Whereas in Bastion, because the code is open, you would see it. What would happen then? Well, if this is egregious, part, part of the development team most certainly would turn around and say, you know what? We're going to run Bastion on a different code base, the code base that is pure and clean, that fulfills the promises of Bastion, meaning that we don't ban people arbitrarily. Right? There is moderation, but it's done by users. Developers are not allowed to write code to ban somebody or to shadow ban or to downgrade. It just doesn't work that way. So that follows from decentralization because there are corporations that have open source code. So it is possible to have a corporate entity that has open source code. Most frequently it is not done because as a corporation, you still kind of the tendencies to own things. Like for example, Android, right? Android essentially is mobile Linux. It was not owned by Google, but over time, because their corporation, they, they made it very difficult to use for other people. So in Bastion, there's no such temptation. It's purely open source. There's no intellectual property and so on. So one thing that follows is you don't rely on a uh, human being. The second thing that follows from the structure is that you don't rely on um, lar providers of computing power. People don't, you know, they really don't understand and underestimate this problem. Social networking, especially when you talk about video, is first and foremost computing power. It's storage, it's processing, it's internet speeds. And so when you're a social network that's rapidly growing, this means that you have some servers somewhere. And those are not that difficult to shut down. Over the last couple of decades, a lot of the computing power, when you talk of big computing power, ha has been centralized. It's been owned by certain number of entities. So it's very easy to shut down a social network. Like we had an example, right? Parler was number one in the app store. What happened? They need to shut it down quickly. They couldn't wait for other ways to work, so they just turned off the servers. Amazon just shut down the servers. With uh, with Bastion, you cannot do that because it's run on computers around the world, right? The other consequence of this structure technologically is that Bastion is not reliant on DNS. So to explain to your to your viewers who don't understand, like basically the DNS is a service that takes a website name, let's say you enter bastion.com or twitter.com, and takes you to the website, takes you to the IP of the website. Uh, that DNS is highly centralized. It's, so that's it the, it's the front end. Sorry, it's the front end that you're referring to then, hey? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the app itself. But the, this, this is centralized to the point where somebody in the world could flip a switch and most of the websites would start working. Remember, Facebook was down a few months ago and a lot of the huge swaths of the internet mm. were down. That is because Facebook has some control over the DNS uh, platform. Now, uh, you could see that lots of websites could stop working. It doesn't mean internet is not working. Internet was fine. It's the DNS that wasn't working. So if you go to uh, bastion.com, it may not work. But because we have the structure of decentralized nodes, that means that you can load an app. There's a desktop app on Bastion, and that's really important. The true Bastion is the desktop app, not the browser version. You do have bastion.com, but it's liable to be shut down anytime for any reason. But the app itself talks to any node around the world. So, for example, you could be in South Africa, uh, and maybe in South Africa is not there are no nodes and you're not allowed to use it, but you could connect to a node in you know, Vietnam or France or Russia or whatever. So there's the idea that, again, this is a Bitcoin idea, that as long as you have global network, it is very resilient. It is hard to shut down. And so that, again, that flows from this decent technical decentralization from having equal nodes around the world. Like there was, an, uh, if you remember a few months ago, uh, there's a country called Kazakhstan, ironically, where I'm from actually originally. Well, it was Soviet Union then when I was a kid, when I left for the States. But they had a big uh, riot revolution type event. Do you remember that a few months ago? I do. Yeah, so they to, to quell the unrest, they shut down internet. But mm. most of the time, they didn't shut down all of the internet because it's not tenable for, you know, they can't do that. Their own communication rely on internet a lot of the time, a lot of critical things. So what they do is they shut down DNS, meaning that the websites don't work. We actually had a user who posted on Bastion, they, they showed that they would go to twitter.com, facebook.com, 
Bastion.com, nothing works. It's just not working. They go into the app, the Bastion app, and boom, they're able to get the information. So, so, so it circumvents. Exactly. It doesn't go through the website at all. It's mm. like you, you go to the Bastion desktop app, it connects directly to the node, just like a Bitcoin node. So it has nothing to do with any domain, which is a which is huge in today's world. Like and for, that's yeah. sorry for interrupting, but 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 Gab yeah, and please. Twitter and Facebook they don't use that kind of technology. No, no. Uh, no and again, I'm I'm not uh, like I don't want to bash people who do great stuff. Like you know, Gab I think is a uh, you know I think it's withstood quite a storm, and it's still kicking and and doing well. You know, kudos to them. I think there are other platforms, you know, I that are sticking to freedom. A lot of these so-called freedom platforms are not really sticking to what they're promoting, but I'm not going to, you know, they actually do censor and so on. But you could have a centralized platform uh, that, that does stick to its guns. The issue with that, though, is like eventually yeah. it may be it may be stopped because, you know, mm. if the gap stopped as a corporation then sort of the platform dies we're in bastion it doesn't matter you right. could have different set of engineers pick it up tomorrow make a fork in the in program programming language you could create a fork because it's public and free uh, all of a sudden like you as a, a a blogger all your subscribers would be still intact in that fork nothing would change they would all get notifications they would all see it uh you could have different versions of bastion so it's kind of like Bastion is like this idea that it's just a bunch of butterflies, right? It's very hard to shoot at butterflies from a, from a shotgun. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. So corporations are not like that. They can be very strong and resilient. They can be armored, you know, and so on. If you use like military metaphor, unfortunate today, but, but, uh, but they're still centralized. Whereas Bastion, it's like, it's like all over the place, right? I mean, you're from the Soviet Union. You just mentioned it, and I didn't mention your name earlier, Sashkov, because uh, I was going to keep that. I was going to keep that for now. But you, you're from that region, so you know all about censorship. That's right. I mean, uh, I, I I know all about it. Also, I'm, you know, I, my father was a big student of history. He taught me a lot of it. So I. Um, you know, I studied history and I also lived through history. And, and I think people living in the world now, they sort of now they understand what it's like to live through history. But like, let's say, you know, 10 years ago, they didn't. Certainly 15 years ago, they didn't. For a long time, uh, especially in the West, it seemed like the history stopped. Remember that uh, famous opus by, by who was it, uh, Fukuyama or something like uh, End of History? But supposedly history stopped. Of course, that's a joke. I mean, history doesn't stop, but it can go to sleep for a while. And so I lived through events where I, I, I studied history. Then I lived through the fall of the Soviet Union. And I witnessed all that. Then I went to another country and I started, you know, I was a teenager. So it was very easy. That no, wasn't that difficult, but it was still difficult. Right. So I saw history then and I witnessed what was going on You know, in 2008. That was a lot of a big change. Right. And I'm seeing what's going happening now. We're at a point of major turbulence and, and major sort of bre breaking point, right? The graph doesn't go smooth anymore. It breaks this way or that way. So uh, I know what it's like when um, all of a sudden society changes and not for the better most of the time. And when I saw things happening in 2015, um, and I'm not, you know, I live in the States. I'm, I'm you know, U.S. citizen, but uh, I'm not particularly political in the sense of the two-party structure. I kind of lost faith in that a long time ago. So I'm not so much a partisan in that, but I noticed after the 2014, 2015, that I'm seeing people you know, regularly banned for, um, for opinions that don't seem to be you know, even that controversial, uh, especially when it started with the whole family thing, right? The, the, you know, having a mother and a father and somehow, somehow, you know, uh, a thing of a past or whatever. So I saw that, and and for me it was logical. Like I I know that censorship once it starts, it's very very hard to stop. It has to go to the end. It cannot tolerate any large part of the internet or of the opinion uh, to be really free. Right? So that's why I believe that after having banned major bloggers off of Twitter, YouTube, whatever, now they're gonna go after alternative social networks. And it's not that hard if they took money, if they took financing. 
they will be brought to heel. You know, Bastion didn't take any financing. So there's no nobody, no, no stakeholders, no shareholders. It's it's a different story. So uh, they will be brought to heel. And my opinion was that when I saw this, I was like, wow, I have seen this. I've studied this in history, how things are changing. I'm seeing a big change. Mm-hmm. I need to start working on something that can work for me and my kids and many other people to communicate freely if things go really bad. And you know what? There's an overlay to that. In, in the States after college, I worked mostly in what's called risk management. Mathem- I did financial mathematics and I did a lot of mathematical models of risk. So I'm used to thinking about uh, risk, you know, possible tail events, extreme events. And so that kind of dovetailed with uh, my background growing up in a communist country. And I realized that, you know, this is going to get really bad. And, and now I, I will tell you that in many ways, it is worse than Soviet Union. Like in Soviet Union, there was a, a show. You had to show that you're loyal to the ideology, but it didn't go that far most of the time. Like, in other words, you had a choice of silence. Let's say that you were a prominent, you know, you know musician, athlete, whatever, cultural person. Uh, um, you, could, you could get to a very high level of recognition without bending the knee, so to speak, right? You could just avoid the topic. You could be a you can show some token loyalty and you can still do your thing. Whereas what I'm seeing in the States and in the West and more so even in Canada is that's no longer tenable. You cannot keep silent. You have to, you know, you have to bend the knee and uh, that's been happening. And that just reinforced that, that also helped us get really good programmers on the team that are, you know, basically building this amazing product. But, how do you deal with the problem of quite blatant trolling? Like, let's say you've got actual hate uh, or incitement to violence happening on the planet. I mean, if, if censorship is so difficult now on Bastion, what do you do in those instances? Well, so it's important to know that Bastion is not a censorship-free platform per se. Uh, any censorship-free platform degenerates very quickly. You're going to have all kinds of disgusting content, I'm not even going to mention it, you know, it doesn't matter. We all know what it's going to be. The question is not uh, censorship or moderation. The question is arbitrary censorship, and meaning that when uh, a, a small group of people using arbitrary reasons that, they, that basically that's what I want, can ban you without recourse and can also shadow ban you, meaning that they don't explicitly admit that they ban you, but for all intents and purposes, you're, you're, you're banned. So in Bastion, there is moderation. It is done by users of the platform themselves, and it's actually evolving. So the current version is, is revolved around experienced users, meaning like high reputation users, being able to flag inappropriate content. But it's made very easy by the fact that there are currently only three types of content that's prohibited. It is pornography or pedophilia or anything of the kind, you know, even close to that. Uh, basically, that's not going to be on the platform, even in the milder versions, because we don't feel like that's a good use of the blockchain and so on. There's plenty of that stuff. Secondly is direct threat of violence. And thirdly is illegal narcotics. We don't want it to turn into a dark market or anything of the sort. Yes, it's censorship resistant. It should be, but we don't want to turn it into that. So there are three things that were agreed on from from early on, and the experienced users are able to flag content, but only based on three things. They cannot say, oh, this is, you know, hate speech. Who knows what that even, that means just I don't like you. You can't flag for for any of those things. So yes, it it does allow people, you know, there is a, uh, you can, you can see trolls and so on, but that's, you know, that you have recourse. You can ban them. For example, you can block them and they can't comment on your posts and you want, you know, basically avoid them. You could do that. We're developing other ways of moderation, for example, block lists. So if you trust somebody and they block some people, you can apply that yourself quickly. The other thing that we're working on that is very close, that's going to be even more exciting, where right now the moderation is done by these flag flags of an appropriate content. But... Uh, in a couple of months or even sooner, it will be done by jury of your peers. So in Bastion, 
there will be a jury, there will be potential pool of jurors. And when something is flagged often, a jury will be called. And the jury will be called randomly, meaning that you do not choose to moderate this particular person. That's very important because the, the biggest bane uh, of the decentralized system moderation algorithms is the mob rule, where some users that get to moderate get together based on opinion and try to ban opposing opinion. In the new system, that is not going to be possible at all. It's hard to do now, but it's going to be impossible because you don't choose to be on a jury. You're chosen to be on the jury. And then you vote. And then, you know, you vote and you have to have unanimous eight jurors who are randomly chosen to agree that this is forbidden content. And only then something can happen. So there is moderation. There, is, there are numerous algorithms, but they're not arbitrary. They're open and they're built to prevent mob rule. Norman wants to know what, uh, how do you define an experienced user? That's an important point. Yeah. So <clears throat> right now, those are the users that um, post content and they receive high marks from other users who have, you know, high reputation. Obviously, initially for the first um, year of the beta test, there were early pool of users who got reputation without it because otherwise it'd be chicken and egg. They got to a certain level of reputation by posting content, receiving high grades from others. And then that, that was like a seed a seed kind of community, from that, uh, it grew. So there are quite a lot of people. Now you go to the platform, it takes a, right now probably two to three months of active participation where people kind of learn where, who you are. By the way, no personal information is required. Right? In Bastion, you don't, you're not tied to a phone number or to a name or to a password or anything like that. Even email is not required, strictly speaking. So you go there as a complete unknown, right? We don't know who you are, nobody knows. For all, for all we know, you could be a bot. But then you start acting, and over time, you get this reputation that's high enough uh, to, to actually uh, mark people. Now, in the jury system, this will not be only high-reputation users. There will be two other groups of jurors. Uh, there, are, there are kind of almost three branches, if you will, of jurors. One is this experienced users, so high-reputation users. The other one will be appointed by bloggers with large number of followers. So like you already on Bastion, are, you're growing and you'll be you'll be able to appoint some moderators. So people that you trust and say, I trust you to clean this platform. Now, why do we believe it's a good idea to enable you, Germ, to appoint bloggers? Well, it's clear your interests are aligned with Bastion. You've already invested time. You have your followers. So you're interested in appointing the people that will not ban for disagreement. Because, look, if you appoint somebody who bans for disagreement, you can be ruining the platform for yourself too, right? So why would you mm. do that? Uh, now, you can appoint jurors as a blogger with a lot of followers. Uh, you can take it away. If they're not acting properly, you can take that right away and appoint somebody else. So that's the second pool of jurors. The third pool is because there's a cryptocurrency called PocketCoin, which is actually going to play a big role in the system. Um, there are people who buy and hold pocket coin for a long time, over a year. They can also appoint some jurors. Again, why do we think it's a good idea? Well, because if you put some money into pocket coin, you're holding it for a long time, your interests are aligned with the network. You're, it's not in your interest to appoint people who will, you know, ban for disagreement. So from those three pools, jurors are collected and then they chosen randomly and then they have to vote unanimously. We did some math, and I'm a math geek, right? I do this. We did some math that even if you manage to somehow corrupt a number of moderator accounts, potential juror accounts, the chances of you banning somebody for disagreement are virtually zero. We're publishing the article soon. We can, you know, you can repost it. So we thought about this long and hard. This jury system is, is very, very solid. And also in Bastion, it's important. The accounts are anonymous which makes it much harder. But there's a thing that makes it easier. In Bastion, you cannot sell an account. It's very hard to sell an account. If you know, like in Facebook, you can go and buy an account online. But in Bastion, you cannot because Bastion account access is controlled by a private key, like in Bitcoin. 
this private key controls access to the account and that's it if you lose it we can nobody can recover it but at this for the same you know uh, uh, at the same rate if you ever sell to somebody access to that private key you can never prove to them that you unlearned it and they can never know how many other people bought it so that makes it much more difficult to sell an account because imagine like somebody says oh, i'm going to sell you a high reputation account on bastion so you can mess it up well it would not be worth a lot because the other person would still have the private key. Then there could be other people who bought it have the private key. And then basically it would uh, be torn apart. And then, of course, in the jury system, if mm. a juror acts in a strange way, meaning, for example, it votes as a jury of eight, it votes always against the other seven, right? Or it votes a few times against the other seven. Clearly, uh, it's doing something wrong. It will lose its privileges. So in other words... It's hard to compromise the account. It's possible, but it's hard to compromise the, a lot of accounts. But even if you do, the fact that the jury system is random makes it near impossible to ban for disagreement. So you will be banned. If you're posting pornography, you will be banned very, very quickly. People I, will agree to that. Yeah. I love how bulletproof you're making it. Um, it, it really appeals to, to, to me. Um, but, I mean, the elephant in the room is that it's an absolutely terrible business model for you. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So let me explain that, right? So as a business model, I will say right away that for me, uh, I have a lot of experience. I worked on a lot of major projects, commercial projects. It would be more lucrative to spend these uh, to spend this time elsewhere, right? Uh, and so is for the other developers. But it doesn't mean that cryptocurrency enthusiasts don't make money because we have a network and it has pocket coin now there is no ico what's called in the crypto world there's no pre-mine but in every currency those people who are early running the currency and helping developing it they actually run their own nodes so they make pocket coins so these developers they're not making any money now but if bastion gets big they could make some money so it is not that they work for free. They work for free now, but they could they could actually own something very, very valuable down the line. And PocketCoin is hugely important in Bastion because the other question that I think you, you might ask or maybe jump in your head, how do the bloggers make money eventually, mm -hmm. right? Because you cannot create great content without making money off of it. I mean, it's foolish because you can't work a full-time job and then come back and create great content. It's very, very difficult, at least on a regular basis. So pocket coin is, is an internal cryptocurrency of the platform. It's actually already, you know, on exchanges or something. Um, but uh, it, the way it works is that those people running computers around the world, they make pocket coin for running these nodes. And it's clear why, right? They spend electricity, they use up bandwidth, they, they probably, you know, wear and tear on the hardware and they get compensated to pocket coin by the same token bloggers who get a lot of recognition in the system they earn pocket coin also soon again within two months almost ready we're releasing what's called decentralized decentralized ad marketplace advertising it's almost like google adwords where an advertiser could come to bastion create a post and tag you germ i want to promote it on your channel for pocket coin you review it if it's appropriate for your audience all you do is you repost it to your channel maybe add a few words you know, please, you know, uh, help help this sponsor of mine. At the same time, you're reposting it to your channel, you're getting pocket coin into your account. It's one transaction. So there's no need for you to talk to advertisers, to negotiate with them. It's all done through a smart contract, essentially. They post something, you repost it and you get pocket coin. So pocket coin is important all around. It helps uh, keep engineers motivated. In addition, you know, the, yes, there's altruism involved for sure, but you can never, ever build a large project purely on altruism. Uh, it compensates nodes around the world. It compensates bloggers. And it's like you can actually do move your, there's boosting of the posts. You can move up the posts and in the network. So there's a lot of things you can do with PocketCoin. It's envisioned as this utility token, but the ultimate goal of it is to help the key value producers, which are bloggers, developers node operators mm. to actually make money what sort of numbers does bastion have at the moment 
it is still not a large social network. I mean, I think at this point there's 360 registered, 360,000 registered users. It's adding about one to 2,000 users daily right now. I mean, know that because there's uh, social networks frequently grow with advertising, right? So they get financing and then so Bastion doesn't raise money, but lately it has been picking up. And um, uh, I believe that, and we could see that bigger bloggers are moving to Bastion. They're, you know, uh, I actually spoke to a couple who are, who are joining, I'm not going to name them, but a couple of big Instagram bloggers because they can no longer, they talk about health, they're not even political, but they can no longer say uh, what they think on Instagram. Well, you can't, so, say, you can't say COVID or vaccine on any major platform. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, then there's, and there's the, the list is expanding. You have to do, you know, self-censorship on an unbelievable uh, a scale. So uh, it is growing. And I think that people are starting to realize and they're going to realize it very soon that just because uh, the platform is new and it calls it freedom oriented and it allows you to post some content that's not allowed on YouTube, let's say, it does not mean that when it gets bigger, it will allow you to post that same content. Because remember, when YouTube was smaller, they also allowed everything, a lot of stuff. When Facebook was smaller, it allowed a ton. When Twitter was smaller, it was great for freedom, right? So the corporation, mm -hmm. it's like the gremlin. When it gets big enough, it is going to take it back. Not only is it going to take back the money, it's going to take back you, you know, a piece of your, a piece of your freedom and, and a piece of your mind. And we spoke briefly about this before we went live. But even though Elon Musk is trolling the whole world right now with his. Uh, massive share purchase you know in twitter it's pretty much flogging a dead horse uh i believe so and uh, for the same reason i described a corporation mm. has its own life cycle a uh, corporate platform has its own life cycle you have to invest 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 and you have to take 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 and in order for you to take you need to go beyond advertising it is not enough for a platform to do advertising the platform wants to control everything it wants to sort of eat the world so I know Elon supposedly wants it to go back to its roots, but you can't really undo all that. It's, mm. There's too many different uh, different moving parts, and it's not even about being, an, even if you own much more of it. So I do not believe it will go back, purely because um, uh, it's in a life cycle where it will not survive, plus the environment is such that it will not survive as a freedom-oriented platform anymore. So um, I do not believe it will work. I mean, it's it's fun to watch, but in a sense, I think it's, prolonging the the agony of centralized networks people who wouldn't normally believe in them start to believe again because elon will save it but i don't i don't think just to horseshoe back to uh something you're saying earlier about the resilience of um of bastion uh because as this is you must understand this is a difficult concept for a lot of people to still grasp i i still don't know what blockchain is and i i i love the idea but only because I know that it's quite resilient to censorship. <laughs> but I, I still can't wrap my head around what it is, right? But what happens if, say, Bastion.com gets torched? Um, for the Bastion itself, it doesn't matter. I mean, it will matter because new users typically, they typically go to the website first, so they will not see the website. But there will be other ways to spread the app. There is a desktop application for Windows, for Mac, and for Linux that you install it on your computer, not the phone app. There is a mobile app for Android and so on, but the phone is, you know, the phone is a controlled device. It's more of your uh, guard than, than, than your possession. Um, on the computer desktop app, you'd install the application and it works with, you can think of it almost like as a built-in VPN, but much more powerful than a VPN because VPN still depends on some entity. It's a direct way to talk to other computers around the world, to computers around the world that run Bastion. So, and it doesn't matter in which country you can you can do that anywhere. That's exactly like Bitcoin. Actually, it is very. That's why it's very very hard to stop. And we 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 actually built a few things that that takes it beyond Bitcoin in terms of censorship uh, censorship resistance. But that is why the desktop application is really really important. And I believe that. You will see, we will see for those social networks, let's say, that don't bend the knee, they will somehow be blocked on the DNS. Like you will type in 
uh, a net you know website name and it will not resolve how do you explain blockchain in the simplest of terms um I, I wouldn't be explaining blockchain as a from a technical standpoint. There's no need for that. I think the best question to ask is, you know, why? What's it for? You know, what is the purpose of the blockchain? And in my mind, the purpose is um, really twofold. The first is that uh, blockchain solved a major problem of you running different computers around the world and agreeing on the sequence of events. So think about money, for example. It is very important. The order is very important. So if I send the money to you and you send it to somebody else, it's important that it happens in that order. Mm. Because if the order doesn't matter, then I could send it to you, but I could take the same money and send it to somebody else. So uh, blockchain solves that problem by creating an algorithm that keeps all these computers in agreement. And if one computer tries to cheat, it simply kicks that computer out without any central entity nobody sitting in the middle there's no bank or uh, or somebody who says you're wrong i kick you out no mm. it's just an algorithm that runs on its own that allows to keep computers running in agreement so this is you know in computer computing this is like decentralized agreement that's the first thing that it yeah. does remember before bitcoin that was not possible that was the reason why you couldn't really have decentralized computing because in most important applications, you need to agree on the order of events. For example, you publish something, then somebody gave it a high rating. That's a sequence of events. We need to agree to that, right? Because you could have BitTorrent, right? There is Torrent where you could just access files. It's decentralized. It doesn't need blockchain, but it has no sequence of events. It's just a file. You get a file. You couldn't rate it, subscribe to somebody. You need a sequence of events. Blockchain solves that problem by putting a lot of computers around the world in agreement. And I believe that's genius. The second problem that blockchain solves is the actually the value problem. Uh, in all decentralized models, there is, a, there is a, a fundamental issue, a problem that's called tragedy of the commons. So if you run and let's say we had a blockchain that fulfilled the first goal, it kept the computers in the agreement. Okay, they're all in the agreement. It's all working. But remember, over time, you spend money on electricity. Your computers wear, uh, you have internet bandwidth, and so on and so forth. So you have a lot of expenses. You may get excited about Bastion and run such a computer for a month or for five months. Will you run it for years that way for free? And the experience shows that no, you will not. In the tragedy of the commons, Ultimately, all these platforms that are decentralized, they suffer from the idea that people take more than they give. Unfortunately, that's the nature of, of the human being. We want to take, on average, we take more than they give. So blockchain solves that. Not only it keeps the computers in the agreement, but it creates an internal financial system where you can reward those who are expanding resources. Now, when you run a computer around the clock to support Bastion, and there are, by the way, 350, I think, such computers around the world now. That's an extremely powerful network. That's like 350 servers that you have to shut down in order to kill the network. That is exceedingly difficult to do all around the world. So, yeah. but the cryptocurrency that, that happens through blockchain again can compensate them. So to me, forget all the technical kind of, um, you know, um, jargon and all this stuff. What you want to understand is why does the blockchain exist, what it solves, and it solves these two problems. And that is when you read the original paper by Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever that is, to me, uh, that's a hallmark of a genius. When you create something that solves not one, but a number, at least two major problems in one shot, that's really, really hard to do. That's like, you know, they say uh, killing <laughs> two birds with one stone or whatever. So you're... You have to be amazed out if people think about blockchain as you know hype and, and speculation all that by the way i didn't get into bitcoin very early on like i resented it i hate all the even though i worked in finance i dislike speculation mm. to me when there's too much speculation it's not for me and then when i started thinking about censorship i started looking for a model 
what computing model could actually do this? And I decided to finally read the Bitcoin paper. And I read it and I was like, this is beautiful. This is, I mean, it's really aesthetically beautiful, uh, not because of, you know, just the math and so on, but how elegantly it solves such an important problem. I love what you're saying. I mean, you're preaching to the converted. Um, but do you think that it is um, a model that will take hold? Or do you think it's going to just be comp uh, 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 perpetually suppressed by corporate interests? You know, if anything, uh, we learned during the past couple of years that the idea that people are just passive, you know, tools of history is, is wrong. I mean, we've seen over the last couple of years how people's initiative, resilience made a difference. Now, are we, you know, is the battle won? Probably not. Uh, I think we're, we're going to see things get much worse before they get better. But uh, at the same time, I believe that the uniqueness of the Bitcoin model and, you know, how we're using it in Bastion, but essentially the Bitcoin core model that um, it is very hard to suppress. I mean, over the long run, it is, it's, it's really, really hard because it's so, there's an asymmetry, there's a beautiful asymmetry in that in most areas of life, social life, the one with the most resources wins hands down. In um, blockchain, it's actually possible to have the little guy with smaller resources win because it takes so much more resources to overpower it. In other words, yes, there's, there's going to be pressure and there is pressure uh, on all these things. But really, the model of Bastion is not that difficult. You run some computers around the world. You have some programmers, of which there are many around the world, many good ones. You don't even need that as many as we have now because now it's actively growing and developing. But to, you know, so it is not that difficult for a group of people to run their own bastion. And I fully foresee this happening. I foresee there'll be many bastions. So the idea, uh, it will only be destroyed in a world where you can simultaneously uh, go after many people with computers and with ideas in many, many different countries. Now. If we're living in a world where you could go across dozens of countries and shut down individuals, I mean, we have very serious problems, mm -hmm. probably more serious than losing Bastion. But short of that, I believe that this model will survive. Bastion is already you know, growing rapidly. I think that in a few months, it, you know, it will get to a million users, which for such a social network, it's, it's quite a bit. Uh, but I also do think that the idea is taking hold. People are seeing it. People are going to improve on it. They're going to fork the, the, the code, fork the code, meaning make a copy. So I'm optimistic that uh, that it will survive. The problem I see is that people will be fooled, you know, lured by the siren song of, hey, you know, we have this new Facebook alternative and it's freedom oriented. Or truth social hey. yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, or, you know. Donald Trump started a social media is going to be or Elon Musk is going to, you know, uh, bring back Twitter from from the from from the abyss. You know, I think yeah. that's a siren song. You better tie yourself to, to the mast and ignore it, mm. because um, the idea of Bastion is the idea of responsibility. It's also the idea of being, I think, smart. You know, it's like fool me once. Shame on you. Right. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Uh, we've been fooled more than twice. Yeah. So if you're, you're fooled twice. again. You can't have nobody to blame. Don't blame Mark Zuckerberg or whomever. Don't be fooled. But not being fooled in this world means taking some responsibility and saying, you know what? I'm going to use some alternative tools. I'm going to help them develop. I'm going to learn them because there's a learning curve. I'm going to I'm going to get into it. But once you learn, you won't go back, right? You will not go back. Well, it is taking hold. And uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but like a video competitor that I use is Odyssey. And it's pretty much the same concept, isn't it? Yes, I think Odyssey is very close, though I think that there is a centralized entity. And um, I'll be quite honest, I, I'm so busy, I didn't study it in much detail how the exact infrastructure works. But I think the concept is similar, and uh, I think it's also open source, so that, that really, it has some safeguards uh, uh, against censorship as well. It's very difficult to 
to find fault with ev- with anything you said because for the most part you're speaking the language of the people <laughs> actually um you know and that resilience is extremely appealing um but i think something else that's very appealing is the fact that it it definitely has longevity doesn't it yeah i mean it's already been around for four years uh of course it was very difficult to build i mean it's an order of magnitude more complicated to build this than facebook let's say you could build a facebook clone in you know six months or something like that Mm. maybe even less uh this has taken four years and it's only come out of beta about a year ago so it's proven that it can survive already now has it proven that it can be massive and survive not yet but but it's coming but i think the as you know most such projects die within the first year or two uh that's just the nature of it right there's too many factors um, that will drive a project uh, down and bastion survived not only survived the last few months has been i mean it's gone from 200,000 users to 360 i want to say in like two and a half months or three months or something like that so for for such a network that's that's niche right now that's a big growth with no sort of major money behind it but it's it's going to be growing exponentially where do you see it going? Uh, I see it going to a million users, um, certainly this year. <clears throat> but I also see the, the 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 forks of it. So we're not opposed to people taking and creating their own versions of Bastion. They could create a different application to access the same blockchain, or they can fork the blockchain. In the end, the vision is that you know think about like an app store. You go into the app store and you see a bunch of apps. You don't go to only Apple apps, right? You have a different, different bunch of different apps. Bastion is open. What you're going to see is in in year, two years, people will start forking it. It's very easy. We're going to make it even easier. And create different apps based on it. You can have, um, you know, different kinds of social networks. But not not only that. The key is that the one private key that you used to log on to Bastion will work everywhere. And that's very, very important for ease of use. So instead of logging in and just a bastion, you will, you will see a screen of a multitude of decentralized apps where you log in with the same key, where across the apps you can see your friends. So if, you're, if your friend's here, you can find that same person in this other app. So in a sense, you can think of it as, as a whole platform. So that's where I believe it's going. Now, before that, there's lots of things that need to be... Um, finished with bastion itself but it is going to a place where i hope we're not going to need you know an app store we're not going to need a play store because those things are highly centralized highly gated Mm. Um, where does the actual content sit if i upload a video to bastion where does that video actually go Mm. yeah so um uh, that's important there's a node that holds the blockchain just let's say like in bitcoin it has the blockchain. That node also has a companion database nearby that holds all of the textual data. So the textual data is on the same node in the separate database. But the hash of that data is written into blockchain. So every post you make, the post itself doesn't go to a blockchain. It would be too big. But it goes into this database and the hash of it goes into a blockchain. It's actually similar uh, to the concept of NFT. We're not going to get into it because most of it is, is hype. And maybe we can do a separate call. I'm happy to do it, talk about my opinion of NFT, where it's going. But actually, Bastion, you can think of it, all of Bastion is NFTs, really. Every post you make is kind of like an NFT because it's a content that's tied to a blockchain. And it's a unique con- piece of content. Mm-hmm. It's like a token, right? NFT is a token, non-fungible token. So the video doesn't reside on those computers because there are separate, so there are two things. There are separate video nodes that are just like that around the world, but also it resides on users' computers, so it's peer-to-peer. So it's like torrent, in the sense that all users that agree to have some videos, they can download a video, and they can actually be the host for it. So it is spread out uh, among servers and users around the world. Yeah, I've actually noticed that the videos on um, on Bastion seem to load quicker than, say, those on Odyssey. And I'm 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 comparing to Odyssey because that's also blockchain based. Um, yeah. And I I see if I look at the comments, 
there's constant buffering issues on Odyssey, but very rarely do I find speed issues on 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 Bastion. Why is that? Well, um, I'd love to say it's because we're much smarter and everything, <laughs> and maybe we are, maybe we're not. That's not the point. But uh, I think at this point, it's it. I, I didn't look at their algorithms honestly. I will presume that they're professionals. Uh, I presume that it's because their volume is larger, right? It does depend on how many people are watching the video. Now, we do have videos in Bastion that gather 100,000 views in a day. We have such a video. We have such videos. They're rare, but they happen, you know, all maybe a couple of times a week. There are plenty of videos that gather tens of thousands of views a day. So, uh, but I do think in terms of just sheer volume, uh, Odyssey has more. And so that probably... Uh, create some buffering and so on. I, so I don't know how to what to say about that. Uh, I think that the the coders that work in Bastion are top-notch professionals. And right now at this point, we have many of them. They're all people are very excited about this platform. So as far as I know, we're doing the almost the best that's possible in in the circumstance. So maybe there's some issues with Odyssey, but I would more likely say that it's probably the volume. And like if Bastion had today the volume of Odyssey, maybe there would be buffering too. We would have to solve that and we'll solve that. So, you know, we'll keep it at that. I ask this question to uh, to all my guests. So you have to also answer it. But right. uh, but Daniel, in front of you, there's a crystal ball. What do you see? And just by I the way, about, yeah. sorry, just by the way, it doesn't have to be related to Bastion. It's an open-ended crystal ball. No, no, I know, I know. But there's so many things that I see in the world related to Bastion. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. So it'd be hard, very hard to avoid it. And I'm not going to even mention, but I, I think the crystal ball is that things will get very dark. Uh, and at that point, humanity will have to choose uh, if, you know, it's not even about freedom per se, because people mean different things by freedom. You know, I'm, I'm actually a religious person, for example. So most of what people mean by freedom to me, that's slavery, but, but at least, at least in the popular culture, I think that it's about, you know, responsibility actually, in a sense, uh, we, in a crystal ball, I see a very dark time where corporations and other entities are going to use our desire for convenience against us, right? So that's what happened. People officially, I read a study where people officially now, uh, grown-up people have a, an attention span when surfing the internet of less than the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> Seven and a half seconds for a human, nine seconds for goldfish. That's, uh, you know, if you think that you're free whatever that means when, when that's happening to you, when they're doing that to you, uh, when you're doing it to yourself, you're not free. So ultimately, I think people will come to realize that convenience and consumption that is put at the top of every, every you know, uh, value pyramid is dangerous for, your, for you. Ultimately, it leads you, it's like a mousetrap, right? The, mm. the cheese is, is very, very, it looks very, very free in the mousetrap, but it's very expensive. Uh, so I hope that people will see that they need to stop looking for convenience and look for resilience, you know, some other things. And mm. if that happens, I think after that dark moment, we'll see much better days for, you know, for our kids and, and grandkids. So, um, and that goes for many areas of life. Technology is certainly one of them. You know, we're all addicted to um, a lot of things, right? Smartphones are highly addictive and so on. People need to take responsibility and take a, take a step away. At least enough people. Well, that's a, that's a good enough crystal ball analogy. Um, Daniel Sashkov, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. God bless you and the work that you are doing. Really, it's, it's, a, it's, it's phenomenal. I am a very happy user, user of Bastion and I'm always trying to, dare I say, convert people. <laughs> It will happen. It will. It's inevitable. I mean, it's inevitable in a sense for all the reasons we discussed. And I love your stuff. Thank you so much for having me. 
I love speaking to your, to your audience and you know, keep up the, the great work. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.